thank God for it. Um, but use your money wisely. Be wise. Amen. We'll talk in a minute about the, the day. The sermon's called, What Are We Going to Do Now? We're going to have fun today. So anyway, let's pray over, your, let's pray over the offering. Father God, thank you for the, this church and for the chance to sow into it. And the work of God that's in the city that still is, is on an increase. And I thank you for that, sir. In Jesus' name, amen. Of the word. Sermon tonight's called What Do We Do Now? You know, we Mary Fran prophesied years ago and she said, We're entering to a time we've never been here before. I don't know whether you understand what I'm about to say or not. When I was listening to Morris Marillo. Is that right, Betty May? Marillo something Marillo. Mario Murillo, okay. He made a statement today as I was watching him that's very powerful. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ that have a certain amount of truth. They don't have it all, but they have. We've, we make a mistake by not listening to anyone outside of what we call our camp. You know what I mean by that? Uh, he made mention of listening to David Wilkerson. I love listening to David Wilkerson. I, but I have a problem with making a diet out of David. David's a prophet. And man, the stuff he prophesied 20 years ago, you'd have thought he was reading today's newspaper. And they said he was crazy. He also mentioned Billy Graham, which I love listening to Billy Graham. I grew up listening to him. But you know... There's a lot of good people out there preaching, and, and, and I went to Ramah, and there's a, there's a mindset that anytime we get away from faith, prosperity, Abraham's blessings are mine, that we're sort of backslid if we preach live right. It's not true. There's more, the Bible Kenneth e. Hagen did not preach everything because the Lord didn't tell him to. He never said there wasn't more in the Bible. And so, you know, there's things that the Lord shows me to preach, and I find no one else doing it. And I and a little I struggle a little bit when I don't now, I don't near as much, but I did, I'd say a couple of years ago, I struggled a little bit with sermons he would give me to preach. And I realized that, that that was disobedience. I'm following, I need to follow God, not people. I don't need to check with what Copeland's preaching and whatever else. I don't need to do that. If he's giving me something, if I'm wrong, I'm just wrong. But, but I need to do. So, to, so 
He says things to me about the time we're living in. He has said a lot to me about the time we're living in. As a matter of fact, he started talking to me about the days we're in now two or three years ago. And if you remember, I stood here, not here, I was down there. I'm lifted up, with, I'm more than lifted up now. And I told you that this was coming. Now that would make me a, not a false prophet, but a real one. <laughs> not that I was prophesying stuff like Trump would do this. and I didn't know any of that. But I do remember the day he said everything changes. And I, and, I, and I told you that. And I remember the day he told me when I lived on Effie Drive, he said this to me. He said, uh, get out of debt. This was in the 80s, right before 88. He said, get out of debt. Get out of debt now. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I didn't come tell you because I checked with all the TV preachers Come on, I'm telling my sins. Y'all are Catholic enough for me to talk to. I honestly was afraid to get out of the box a little bit. But it happened. And I had to go to God and go, you told me and I didn't obey you. And from this day forward, I will obey you. And I had to repent. Just because somebody else is not preaching, it doesn't mean I didn't hear what God was saying. And God may be saying to a lot of other people, and I just don't know it. I don't know everything. And so I struggled with the fact that who am I pastoring in a city called Apuka? And I don't have a huge church to talk about what God's doing in the world. But, but I had to give that to God. You know, I, there's things I just had to cast the care of it over what you would think. You know, I've missed God. I may miss him in the future. But, I, but there's times I just know that I know that I know. And, and, um, and anyway, so having said that, there's a lot of things he's saying to me now. And I'm just going home and praying over it real strong and to get up and preach it and just let the fur fly. I don't mean that it's bad. I mean, it's just if I miss it, I miss it. But I don't think I'm missing it. I think I'm pretty right on. So today we're going to talk about what do we do now, and he's given me six things. Get a pencil paper out or an ink pen or something. If you don't have one, borrow one from somebody or steal it. And let's talk about six things we must begin to do. Okay, and we're talking, I'm talking to Christians now, I'm talking to the church. Even though I'm aware that there's a lot of people that watch us online, more so than I ever knew. Um, um, I've had people come up in the parking lot and give us checks and say, I've been watching you online for a while and, 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 and support your church. And, and uh, so I'm just letting God do his job. He does whatever he wants to do. So, so Justin and I had a great joy of going to see a gentleman the other day, not born again. Um, quite a character is all I'm going to say. Um, you, he met him in the gym. Big, big dude. Um, he's a prepper. And I said, why don't you come down to our church and teach everybody how to prep? I don't mean that you need to get ready for the apocalypse, but it wouldn't harm some of y'all to learn to grow food. See, y'all are so exciting right now, it's not, it's not funny. I mean, if nothing more than the fact that uh, it's just cheaper. 
and it's more it's healthier we have a man in our church I don't know if you know this or not um, he lives in Paisley his daughter has goats and chickens and and he's bringing me um, raw goat milk and raw goat butter and I, I've, I've gotten over eating junk I just tired of eating junk and uh, I just think that some of y'all need to raise some goats or whatever Amen. where's Elias is he in here right now is he outside he said something to me the other day, and he says, I got all these potatoes. And I said, there he is. He's out in the foyer. I said, sell them. Yeah. I said, Elias, make, make money. Yeah, right. Man, he's, he's a character. I just love him. He's got chickens and potatoes and sweet potatoes and food, and he's bringing it to me, and, and, I, and I don't even, he, he doesn't charge me, and, but he will charge you, and I told right. him. <laughs> but, but having said that, you know, there's so many things we need to start doing, and I want you to... So the first point that I want to make, go to Psalm chapter 2, verse 1. The first thing the Lord said to me the other day is, number one, starting now, do not go negative. I'm going to say it again. We're in a time you cannot afford to go negative. We're hearing a lot of bad news. Now, that's up to you how much of it you hear. But, but you and I are going to have to realize that, that, you, that you can't live on a diet of what is going wrong. And, and I appreciate the people that are finally educating people. But there's only so much of that you can listen to in a day about what's going on with Biden, what's going on with Trump, what's going on with the COVID, what's going on with the vaccine, and you got to turn it off. You can't live in that. And then you have to make sure that your personal mind, you have chosen to stay positive. I don't mean that you're pretending there's not a problem. I'm not talking about um, um, just, just pretending. Listen to Psalm 2, and we'll read verse 1. Why do nations rage and people plot vain things? And they are. The kings of the earth have set themselves, and the rulers are taking counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Now, I don't know whether you realize this or not. If you don't, then this is a good time to tell you. The problem going on in the world is between Satan and God, good and bad, right and wrong. It is not a Republican-Democrat problem. It is not a problem with communism in China. It's a problem with atheists and God, and there is a war going on in the Spirit because Jesus is Lord. He's not up in heaven watching our little fight down here. This has been going on since the Garden of Eden. It, you know, we've had the Hitlers rise up. We've had all kinds of people rise up. We have a gentleman here that came out of, out of communism. And, and folks, it's not new. Okay, it might be new to you and I because Americans have been sheltered from the world. Out of sight, out of mind. Okay, the kings of the earth set themselves, the rulers take counsel against the Lord and against his anointed and saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast their cords from us. But he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. I mean, he's up there going, oh, really? 
because it's not happening. Come on, y'all. I, I don't care what Satan's got planned. I don't care what Washington's got planned. I don't care what the New World Order's got planned. They're not overthrowing the kingdom of God and kicking Jesus off the throne, and they're not going to overrule the church. And so God's up there going, ha, 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 and I want you to ha, ha, ha with him. And you need to learn this. Don't go negative. All right, we'll get into more of that. The Lord will hold them in derision. You know, I don't know whether y'all know this or not, but did you, did you know that 2030 was 2020? Did you know they had full intentions of taking over the whole world by 2020? And they failed. And they won't do it by 2030, and they won't do it until we're gone. And in the meantime, they're going to know we're here, and there's a David in the bunch, and we'll keep knocking their eyeballs out. And, and, and America's rising up, and they, listen, and, and the last election, no matter what you thought of Trump, whatever you thought, don't care whether you loved him, don't care whether you like him, I don't care. And God don't care and nobody cares. But they planned to steal the election and they didn't know Trump would get that many votes and they weren't ready at midnight like they were the last one. And so when Hillary didn't get in, everybody lost it. Because they've been stealing elections since Johnson. Lisa's dad told me that years ago, and I said, you're full of mud. I wish I could go apologize to him right now. I said, well, you are not as dumb as I thought you were, Mr. Leather. Anyway, let's finish reading this. Verse 6. I have set my king on my holy hill. I will declare the decree. The Lord said to me, you're my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask me, I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. Jesus is still praying for the harvest and the ends of the earth for your possession and you'll break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings, church. Right church there, that's church. Be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. You better serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. You better kiss the son lest he's angry and you perish in the way. And his wrath is kindled even a little bit. And blessed are all those on the earth that are putting their trust in him. He's king, man. There ain't anything you can do about that, darling. Now, again, back to Mario Murillo. I am, I am excited to no end at what I'm watching God do in America. And was it Mario and then Jonathan and, and, and there's people rising up. I mean, there's, there's a whole group of these young kids. And I mean, they're rocking. I mean, they don't have a fear of nothing. And, and they're out putting up tents and preaching the gospel and people getting saved. We're going to do it in the city here. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you, America is, is ripe for a revival and God is up there just going, ha, 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 devil. Because it didn't work in Jerusalem, did it? I mean, they came and told them, you know, we don't preach anymore in that name. Stop preaching in that name, you know. And so, so you know, they hung Jesus on the cross. What did that happen? What happened? I mean, that was a success, right? Wrong. I mean, it's bad when you kill somebody and they come back three days later and knock on your door and go, um, uh, aren't you the guy that killed me? Okay. Um, and, you, and they didn't stop the church. In, in, in 2,000 years, no one has ever stopped the church and never will stop the church. 
Let's read Psalm 3, and I'm going to read it fast. Lord, how are they increased who are troubling me? Many are there rising against me. Many say there ain't any help for that guy in God. But you, O oh Lord, are the shield for me. You're the, glory, you're the glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried at his voice and he heard from me his holy hill. I lay down and I sleep. I awake. The Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of 10,000 people running around upset, mean, bad, and ugly who have set themselves arise and save me. O oh God, you struck all my enemies on the cheekbone, broke all the teeth out of their head. Salvation belongs to you. I wrote that. I read that real fast. Amen. Mary Fran said she had a vision, and I didn't know the extent of it until the other day. She said she saw Jesus, and I think she was in, out, in outer space. She was out somewhere. And he had his back to her, and he was looking at the earth. And he turned to Mary Fran and said, eyes on me, eyes on me. Right now, you and I are going to have to get our eyes off of the world and get them back on Jesus. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. The little boy was asking his father, and he said, Dad, how big is God? And his dad looked out the window and said, Do you see that airplane? A big jumbo jet. He said, How big is it? And he said, Well, he said, well, From here, it don't look very big. He said, Okay. So he took him down by the airport and pulled up to one. And he said, How big is it? He said, It's real big. He said, God is as big as you are close to him. If he's not real big, it's because you are not real close. And if the problems are big, you're too close to them. The devil is not real bright. Let's stop talking about what he's attempting to do. What, now, I got another one for you here. Now, this is my opinion, but I think I'm right. I believe that God pulled the veil on what politicians were doing for our benefit. I think he wanted us to know just how blank, corrupt it had become. I was unaware. I was unaware. This last election was like someone turned the light on. And what I'm reading about the vaccine, putting stuff in it knowing that it will kill. The, the polio one that's, that you're giving, do not take your children to get a polio vaccine. It has, it's designed to give it to them. I don't care how old they are, and, and I'll say something else to you, and you get mad at me if you want to. You might want to think about pulling your kids out of school, just homeschool. Uh, what are we going to do about our income? Buy a, buy a log cabin and buy a fireplace and cook your own beans or something. I don't know. I mean, either God's big God or not. And I'm, I, and I'm not saying you need to do it. I'm saying you need to get a little bit creative. And we're going to get into that on number five. I'm, I'm going to jump to number five real quick. Take charge of your children's lives. They don't belong to the school. They don't belong to the government. And quit giving them to the government to, to raise them. I mean, I'm a, I want to know, and I want you to know, I want you all to tell me, if you're dealing with anything in the school system here in Central Florida that I'm unaware of, what I'm watching go on in the rest. Uh, uh, Florida is like a free country. 
People are coming here going, oh my God. The other day I was with, um, what's his name? Um, 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 Dennis Prager. He said, man, I love coming here from California. It's like leaving a communist country. He says, because you guys are free. Now, there is one other free country, Texas. But even, we have even people here that are fleeing Texas. That ought to tell you how good Florida is. No, no, I'm just teasing. But you know, thank God for, for governors who have a backbone. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that tonight. We've got a lot to do. Now, you don't have to turn there, but in Mark eleven twenty two 22 and 24, Jesus said, have faith in God. We're going to have to come back to faith in God. Now, write this down if you're writing notes. Do not trash talk. Do not trash talk. Stop talking about, oh, at my work, they're doing this, and I'm telling you what, they're giving us heck. I'm All right, we get it. Listen, I understand there's a great temptation to spend a half an hour. I'm not saying don't ever mention it. You can come home and say, well, I'm not going too good at work. The boss said this, da, 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 da. Josh Brown the other day went in and, and to work, and he, he realized that his days were numbered. And they, they gave him a big raise to keep him. But they said, we're going to go with the status quo. And he said, in other words, at some point you are going to fire me. And he went and got another job. And my hat's off to him. Thank God. But listen, many of you know my son Joshua, and I, we've, I've never talked a lot about this. But he was a perfectly normal boy until we vaccinated him. Now, it didn't affect the other two. But it, it, and he's been upset because he's slow now. And we've had, I mean, he has gotten a little bit rebellious at times. Thank y'all. And I looked at Lisa one day and I said, we have to deal with the rebellion and not allow that, though having mercy on him. And that's been a, okay, that is the problem and that's rebellion. So we're going to whip you for that and then. It's been, it's been tough. It's been tough. So I'm, I'm not really in favor of vaccines. We have a man that came to this church, got a flu vaccine. He's in a wheelchair. And uh, it's, it's heartbreaking to see it. And there's a lot of it going on that they're not talking about because it's, anyway, it's not good. So, you know, just do what you have to do, but, but don't get involved in talking trash all the time about how bad it is. God is bigger than the problem. And, I, and, and, we'll, and the next one, um, it, we'll get into the next one. So number two, go to Matthew 7. Go to Matthew 7 and we'll, and num, we'll just dive right into number two. Do not let your house fall. And you're going to see what I mean in just a minute. Number one is don't go negative. Stay informed. Number two, don't let your house fall. 724, Matthew 724. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken to a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. Say, my house, my house. will not fall. 
It was founded on a rock. Not, the rock's not Jesus. The rock is the word of God. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and sits in church on Sunday morning, doesn't take notes, and doesn't really pay any attention, they think they're getting faith, but they're not being a doer of the word, does not do them. I'm going to liken to a foolish man to build his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat the house, it fell, and great was its fall. And when they, after Jesus said these things, the people were astonished as his teaching because he taught as one having authority. I'm going to say something to you right now. Get your Bible out and start reading it. Every, this is, I mean, every one of you in this church, I'm not going to put you in condemnation of what you've done up until the day, but if you don't know how to read your Bible, let me stop right here. You find scriptures like this, and you read certain scriptures to yourself every day. You find the ones that build you up. You find the ones that if God is for me, you find the ones that, where he, that he always leads me in triumph. You find the scriptures that feed your faith and you read them and you meditate them daily. You're going to need to. You're going to have to start building on the word of God. You say, how will I know that you weren't doing this? Because in the days ahead, your life will fall apart. This book cannot fail. Build on it, you can't either. But you have to get over mentally agreeing with the Bible and calling it faith. I'm not responsible for what you do. I'm not responsible for what you know. I'm responsible to obey what God told me to give you. But you be a doer. If, you, if I'm not feeding you, get a book. And learn the Word of God and feed on the Word of God daily. I'm concerned that Christians are no longer picking up Bibles and reading them as though coming to church gets you a brownie point with God. You mean, I don't know, I grew up in a Baptist church, so I can only talk about the Baptist. I'm not, down, I'm not throwing the Baptist under the, the there's good Baptist, and you know, there's good Baptist. Okay. But when I was in the Baptist church, they had your name on a board. And all the scriptures you learned, they gave you a star. And everybody had a stars but me. I had one. And all the years I went to the Baptist church, the only scripture I ever learned was John 3, 16. But it got me saved. Amen. David only had one rock, and it worked. <laughs> Thank God I learned that one. Plus, my grandmother would make me watch old Roberts and Billy Graham. Daryl, get in here. I'm outside playing, having fun. I've got all these little dinosaurs or cowboys and Indians. My grandparents had this beautiful yard. My, my grandfather was a professor of Holocaust at the University of Georgia. yard was immaculately beautiful. Flower. He had a bush that, that bloomed in, in January and one in February and one in March and one in April. And he had flowers all the time. He had peach trees and, 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 and fig trees and blueberry bushes. And he had, I mean, every kind of imaginable fruit and azaleas and stuff. And Bob would have loved my grandfather. And my grandfather tried to teach me. Anyway, I'm out there. He has this rock wall. And it was the greatest place to play cowboys and Indians because you could shoot the cowboy up. Y'all want to know all that. Made me come in and watch old Roberts Billy Graham. And I had to sit there. She had white carpet. And you weren't allowed to wear shoes in the house. I mean, you just, why would anybody have a white carpet? Yeah. I asked her one time, I said, why don't you put log in the fireplace? She said, oh, the carpet's white. And I went, well, buy brown carpet. <laughs> Never mind. 
My grandmother made me pajamas every Christmas. I didn't even have to wonder what I'm getting. They either had cowboys on them, Indians, or pirates. Well, the only thing I didn't know was what was going to be on the pajamas. It was always a surprise. She measured me. Ah, boy, you've grown four inches. What are they feeding you? All right. So always made me watch old Rob's Billy Graham. So I had some, I didn't, I didn't understand be born again. I didn't, I didn't understand that. I never did until the day I got saved. But I did learn one scripture. But you know, God's not a Baptist that he's up there because you have one scripture. It, you know, it, you, you know enough that you ought, to, you ought to have your Bible marked up. If your Bible is not falling apart, you are. Now, I like to do this, and I know it intimidates people. I like to pick up your Bible and look at it. Because I can tell you where you are in God by picking it up. And if there ain't nothing in it, you need to meet me in my office. <laughs> Am I right? Yes, I am. Teach your kids to read the Bible. Don't, I don't know what to read. Well, well, give them something to read. Read some stories to them and give them scriptures to start learning and read them over and over and over and over and over and over and over. It's called worrying. Worry the word. Amen. Don't trash talk. Um... Don't talk about what am I going to do. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? Oh, my. This is the greatest time in the world to be alive. Um, all, all the people that are nurses, start a hospital. I think it's exciting. All of the airplane pilots, get corporate jets. Start an, uh, an airline called No Vaxxers. Give everybody that has not been vaccinated a discount. You know, one of the things that I think is cool, um, Melanie can help me with her name, is it Jan that started the hydroponics? Why are we buying oranges from California? Has anyone ever asked? And who cares what is sitting in the Pacific? If we don't have it here, let's make it. Since you have no work. I'm going to get brutal one day. I mean, I'm... You know, I'm going to tell on Justin right now. Let's just talk about Justin. Lisa and Justin found that little piece of property out there. He, he lives on eight acres. And really, four of it's water, right? It's swamp. Alligators, frogs, snakes, you name it, it's out there. But four acres is high and dry. Well, they wanted like $20,000 to move a mobile home on it. That's not the, I didn't say the price of the mobile home. I'm talking about to move it. $20,000 used mobile home, $20,000 to move it. We got forty to 50000 and by the time we got done, I don't know what the numbers were, it was like seventy dollars or $80,000 for something that would be a tin can and a piece of junk in 10 years. 
I said, I don't think that we're doing this. He had a garage on his place. A, two, a, a, a garage. That's it, just a garage. I said, well, turn it into a house. So we went in there and built out the, it's an apartment. It's only 600 and something square feet, which is probably the reason why he's not married. Yeah, we, we, we got to work on getting him more, a little more room out there. But you know what? An apartment that size is $1,500 a month. And he's, he's I think he's, what, your payments are about eight. I'm not trying to, I, I guess I'm telling too much. 685. Huh? 685. 685 for 600 square feet and eight acres. Get a little creative. I mean, dear God, they do it on a loan. Apparently, y'all haven't been watching a loan. Those people do anything for something to eat. Okay. So anyway, and he's doing real good, and um, he's starting to think real good about how to take eight acres and turn it into a dollar bill. Um, but he'll do it. Okay. Number three, Isaiah 60. Go to Isaiah 60. Just keep calling a wife in for him. And I know what's going to happen. She's going to walk up and go, I think once we have children, we're going to have to have another room. And he's already drawing it up. I told him, I said, you need to draw up a house. Use your faith. Draw up a house. Draw up a house. Draw up a house. And he's got plenty of money. I don't want to hear he got no money. You've got plenty of money. You have plenty of money. Say, you have plenty of money. I have plenty of money. If you can believe for a truck. And you know it's bad when your truck's bigger than your house. You know you're a redneck. <laughs> You drive up in your truck and look down on your house, you know. But he's a happy boy. Number three, stay on the winning team. Stay on the winning team. There's two groups of people in the earth today, and we're going to read about them right now. Isaiah 60, arise, and verse 1, rise and shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Does that mean it's not coming? It is coming. It has been coming. It's here. It's getting, and, 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 I don't, and I'm not trying to scare you. It's going to get worse. But what about you? What about you? You're in here. Listen to this. The darkness shall come in the earth, the deep darkness of people, but the Lord will arise over you. Say he'll rise over me. His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles, that's a sinner, shall come to your light. Kings, which are Christians, to the brightness of your rising. Lift your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar. Your daughters will be nursed at your side. Talking about to you, Melanie Hayward. And then you will see and become radiant. Your heart will break forth with joy. And the multitude of the sea will be turned to you. And the wealth of the Gentile will come to you. Say the wealth. wealth. All the money they're storing up is coming back to the church. But you got to be in the church. This is, listen, there's a divide. Honey, it's, it's right down the middle. I mean, you don't even wonder now who's saved and who's not. Now, it's getting real obvious. It's not right left. It's right wrong. We'll get into another group of people here in just a moment. Stay on the winning team. 
Acts 27, 31. Pop that on screen. I want them to see this. Paul said to the centurion, the soldiers, unless they stay in the ship, you can't be saved. I know, I know there's people in this church who don't believe that they need to be in church, but you're wrong. God did not mess up and go, oh, shoot, we, we didn't know that. He didn't give you a pastor in a church because you didn't need it. I mean, Eve's standing there going, I don't really think that, uh, I think you know, the tree is probably better than you. I, what you said, I don't think you're completely right, God. Well, she screwed up. And, and Adam's going, uh, whatever you say, dear, I'm the first ten pecked husband. Following his wife who ate him out of house and home. Y'all are too quiet on me. So, so Brother Hagin told a story one time, and I want y'all to do this the next time you get around a fireplace. With some of y'all, it won't be ever. You come over to my house the four days it's cold. Take a log off the fire. It'll go out. So will you. Put it back on and start burning again. You see, unless there's two or three logs, there's an interaction that takes place in the fireplace and, and they keep each other lit. God puts you in a church to keep you lit. And Satan hates church. If you ever hear anybody running the church down, just lay hands on them and take authority over just I bind you, Satan. There are no perfect churches, and if there was, you stay out of it. <laughs> Me too. And he says, unless you stay in the ship, God puts you in a group of people to keep you healthy and to keep you on fire for God. I will tell you the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my Christian life next to being saved is walking in this church. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for this church. I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for this church. I'm going to tell you it's sweet to pick up the phone and call Lisa and say, get a hold of Betty. Get a hold of the prayer team, Barbara. Get a hold of Mary Fran. They just told me I have three days to live. Good night. <laughs> You're about dead, boy. I said, well, about dead. And I know, I know Melanie won't, won't like this. She just hates. But in Princess Bride, you'll find out <laughs> that almost dead ain't dead. <laughs> anyway. God bless Melanie Hayward. Now, I want to say something to you about football. And we'll stay off of the Bulldogs until Sunday. But there will be prayer in Gainesville. A lot of it. There will be a lot of people in the altars. And there will be a lot of pride in Georgia. It will probably need to be in the altars too. But anyway... I want you to imagine this, though, and I want some of you football guys to help me. You join the team, and you're running a play, and you miss the jump for the ball, and it, you get it in your hand, and you, and, and, and you drop it. And when you get back, the coach 
looks at you and goes, what did you just do? You were right at the goalpost. They threw the ball right in your hands and you had it. And he goes, well, coach, I didn't know anyone was being mean to me. I did my best. Well, your best wasn't good enough. Go sit on the bench. And then he turns to the lineman and goes, what's this getting in on the quarterback? Well, and the guy in front of me was big. I don't care if he's a ton. He had better turn you in to a hamburger if you ever let him back through the line again. I mean, am I telling, anybody here in football, am I telling you the truth? Is, is that the way coaches are? Help me. They're, I'm not getting any help right now from anybody in this room. Is that true? We're all leaving. You hurt our feelings. Right? Why do you people leave churches because someone told you you did something wrong? That sermon, I think he was talking to me. I was. <laughs> Suck it up, buttercup. How do you, how else were you planning to grow? If all I'm ever going to do is tell you what you already know. Come on. I mean, there's way too much. Touchy. Touchy. In the body of Christ. I mean, I have people over me that in restaurants embarrass me. I want the next time a cop pulls you over. Roll the window down and go, you're embarrassing me. Well, don't speed. If you don't want me to say something to you, you straighten up. Catch the ball. So what should the boy say? Coach, throw me another one. I won't drop another one this year. I'll guarantee you, I'll guarantee you, give me another chance. I will be the best lineman you've ever had. I'm telling you, coach, I'll get to where I suck balls out of the sky. Am I right? And the lineman should look and go, just put him in front of me again. I'll guarantee you one thing. He's not coming through my line. Now, what should you do in church? Pastor, thank you for that scripture. I read it. I'm wrong. The Bible's right. Let's go. It's called just grow up. Why are you, why is everyone to, the ship. God gave you a ship. And I wish he'd quit running everybody off. Of course, they say I'm doing it. Well, what you're really wanting me to do is quit preaching truth. I understand there's attitude, but I think I've, de I've dealt with 99.9% .9 of mine. Any other 1%, well, Lisa's working on it. I am going to tell you this is the hardest job I've ever had in my entire life. 
It is very hard because there's people who walk in on Sunday morning and they need to be lifted. And there's people coming on Sunday morning and need to be spanked. You need a flip-flop on your backside. And to balance that out is not easy to do. Just to be able to go, okay, God, what do you want to do today? What do you want to do today? All right. Now, the next one, anyway, the coach, I guess I should have stayed on the winning team. I said I was just getting rid of the boo-hoo. All right. Number four is be courageous. Go to Joshua chapter one. How am I doing for time? Oh, I'm good. I got three videos to show you one right after another. And there are three. One of them is, is John Hagee. One of them is Billy Graham. And the other one is, I think, Dennis Prager. And um, I, I, I did a lot of work digging them out today, so y'all appreciate it. But I love, I love to, if you can see something that says what I want to say. Now, in Joshua 1, where is Joshua? Old Testament or New? You know, a, a pastor can tell whether you're receiving the word by whether it comes back and hits him in the face. So this scripture has been smacking me upside my head since I've been preaching up here. Joshua 1.5. That was a rebuke. You're supposed to say amen. All right, verse 5, it says, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Have you ever heard that before? Verse 6, be strong and of what? Courage. Courage. For to this people you'll divide as an inheritance of the land I swore. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from the right or the left that you may prosper in whatever you do. The book of the law will not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, and you observe to do all the court is written in it, and make your way prosperous, and you'll have good success. That's still true right now. It's still true right now. Have I not commanded you, be strong and do what? The courage. Do not be afraid or dismayed. The Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. It's, it's huge that you need to understand that cur- you're going to need courage now. Wimping out is a no-no. That means that you're going to have to take a stand for right, which means you're going to be standing against wrong. And if you're standing for wrong, you are standing against right. And if you're neutral, you're in the wrong by, by the fact that you've done nothing and that in itself institutes a coward. Now, people right now are in denial. You're going to hear Dennis Prager say that. There's an answer to what's happening. They're pretending like this isn't happening. And he's going to get into the fact that communism was able to kill millions of people even when there was not a war because they chose to turn their head and pretend like it wasn't happening. It is happening. There is a new world order. Listen to me. You are in the last days. This is it, buttercup. This may not be the mark of the beast, but they're getting you ready for the mark. So here's another problem that we're going to be faced with. Let's say that Trump gets back in office. Do you know what they're going to start pushing? An ID card. That's not good either. Because then they're going to start saying, if you had an ID card, 
Well, then what about people who keep losing it? Well, then we'll just chip you. Folks, they've been pushing this for 40 years. They're not backing off. The bank system in America is not federal. It's run by Europe. Has been for years. If you don't know it, shame on you for being ignorant. The Bible says that don't be deceived. You could choose not to be deceived if you wanted to choose. So having said that, just just hold your horses. I'm pro-Trump. I'm anti, I don't want China over here. They're already buying up the Bahamas. So where do we go from here? Well, that's what I've been talking about. You, you and I got the word of God and we got God on our side. You, you're going to have to dive into Jesus with everything you've got. I mean, both feet, both tennis shoes, everything. Pray in the Holy Ghost, stay full of God. But you're also going to have to start being courageous. I thank God for the women that are standing up to school boards and going, no, you know, you ain't teaching that trash to my kids. Pull them out. I'll leave my job. Pull them out anyway. Thank God for the pilots that are going, we ain't coming to work. And the problem with it, they're old military guys, and they just don't give a rip. And I'm going, well, thank God somebody around here has got some guts. Now, guts is a Christian word for what I wanted to say. But I'm, I'm working on it. Working on my love walk here a little bit. So, so courage means that you're going to rebel against authority, but authority has gone rogue. They don't have a right to vaccinate you or your kid. They don't have a right. You, they work for you. And the more people stand up to them, they'll stop it. But they're hoping you'll just wimp out because that's what most people do and call it love. It's not love, it's coward. Jesus was not a coward. Anyway, you're going to let John Hagee preach it because he does better at it than me. So hit play. Let me put the nail in this coffin real tight. God hates a coward. God hates a coward. 21 and 8 says, But the cowardly and the unbelievers, murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which is the second death. God wrote that I didn't. Who leads the list of that ragtag mob? The cowardly. Look at your spiritual forefathers in the faith. Moses with a shepherd's staff invades the royal court of Pharaoh. Pharaoh, who's considered God on earth, who has the most mighty army that any nation ever assembled together. And he looked him in the face and said, let my people go. He was not afraid. Look at David, the shepherd boy, bringing a sling. And David and and Goliath is coming against him. And David looks at him and said, you come to me with a sword and spear, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. Duck Leroy, here comes an exceeding head rape you're not going to get over. Jesus, he's in the garden of Gethsemane. He's praying. 500 Roman soldiers come from the Antonian fortress to arrest one Jewish rabbi praying in the garden. Think about that. 500 battle-ready Roman soldiers to arrest one Jewish rabbi praying with 12 sleeping disciples. They said, we seek Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. 
they fell on the ground like dead men. Jesus was no coward. I want to tell you something. Jesus lost his life at Calvary, but he didn't lose the fight. God will give you only what you're willing to fight for. Satan attacks you because you're God's child and he hates God's property. Satan attacks you because you're the light of the world and he's the prince of darkness. Satan attacks you because you're the truth and he's the father of lies. Satan attacks you because you're a soldier of the cross. You're anointed. You have the word of God. You have covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can take the sword of the truth of God and attack the gates of hell. You're a threat to him. Whenever you roll over in bed, every devil in Bear County gets a migraine headache. That's why he hates you. And to those of you who name the name of Christ, stop allowing Satan and his demonic goons to, to destroy your marriage. Put on the whole armor of God and fight back. Quit allowing him to attack your health. The Bible says by his stripes we are healed. Quit allowing him to attack your finances. The Bible says God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He will make him give it back to you sevenfold. Stop allowing the devil to rob you of your peace because Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. Stop allowing Satan to rob you of your joy. In his presence is the fullness of joy. Do you want it? Then fight for it. Do you want it? Then fight for it. Put on the whole armor of God and stand beside me and take the word of the holiness of the Father. Fight the good fight of faith. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We who carry this book have so taken from Jesus Christ his nature. We have forgotten who he is. He is the son of God who looked at his crowd one day and said, you are of your father the devil. That's not very commonly preached in the church of America today. The fact is that God will give you what you're willing to fight for. Yes. In this war, you will demonstrate courage or cowardice. Some of you are courageous soldiers of the cross and some of you are cowardly to the core. You don't deserve the name of following Jesus Christ. Be strong in the Lord, say that with me. Be strong in the Lord, be strong in the Lord. When you eat this meat for men and milk for children, you'll be strong in the Lord. When you watch 40 hours of television, you couldn't give your witness in the first church of any church in America. This is God's fight, it's not yours. It's God's victory, it's not yours. It's God's glory, it's not yours. It's God's kingdom, it's not yours. It's God's strength, it's not yours. Put on the whole armor of God and fight and fight to win because the victory is ours through Christ the Lord. Give him praise in the house of God. What's the point I'm making here? The point is you can never exhaust God's resources. You can never exhaust God's resources because he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. You can see his mighty power, but when he gets through, he's not exhausted. He has much more strength ready to give you from day unto day. He can defeat any giant that's before you. He can produce dreams in the desert. He can produce manna that will fall from the sky. He can send cloven tongues fire in the upper room. He can walk on the water in the Sea of Galilee and salvage you. The thing that you think is about to destroy you, he can use it for a sidewalk to save you. When you grow weary, he can make you to run like Elijah 40 miles before the chariot. When you grow faint, he can give you strength. He can send you power that you can't begin to touch. You cannot exhaust God's power. Give him praise in the house of God.
He can walk into the tomb of Lazarus and say, Lazarus, come forth. Why does he call Lazarus by name? Because if he didn't call him by name, he has so much strength, every dead man on planet Earth would have gotten up. That's why. Our God is an awesome God. He's full of grace and truth. He is the Almighty El Shaddai, the conqueror of death, hell, and the grave. He's the conqueror of sickness and death. He's the conqueror of powers and principalities. He's the conqueror from Calvary. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lord of glory. And He's coming soon with power and great glory. Give Him praise in the house of God. John the Baptist lost his head when he stood up for that which was morally right. Joseph went to prison when he refused to yield to temptation. Expect to have some difficulty. And that's a part of our cross there. Jesus said, unless you're willing to deny self, your own selfish desires that are wrong, and are willing to take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my follower and my disciple. If you're going to take your stand for Jesus Christ, and you're going to follow him, it's going to cost you. I'm not asking you to follow Christ because it's easy. I tell you, it's not easy to be a Christian. It's hard in this materialistic, secularistic, immoral generation. That was in the, the 60s. The says, let your light shine in this crooked and perverse generation. As long as I remember speaking, I have said this. People say that evil is dark. But that's not true. Evil is actually very bright. You can look at the dark, but you can't look at the very bright. Very few people stare at evil. They deny it. There's a very famous book called The Denial of Death, where in Ernest Becker, who wrote the book, speaks about the human desire to really deny that they'll die. But the truth is, everybody knows they'll die. What people really deny is evil. Because if you acknowledge evil, you have to fight it. And people are not brave. That's the human condition. And they don't want to fight it. They want to deny that it's really that bad. So I have seen this uh, all of, of my life, especially with, with outside of Nazism, the great 20th century evil of communism. 100 million people, approximately, were killed by communist regimes, not in war. I'm not talking about deaths of soldiers. I'm talking about just innocent people, tortured, starved, burned, shot to death. That's, that's the record. See, that's an example, though, of people in, in a sort of denial. You should be shocked and horrified at what I just said. A hundred million people in, in one century? But it doesn't. Stalin, the Soviet tyrant, who, by the way, made... Uh, made uh, North Korea possible, tragically. Stalin is truly evil. Anyway, Stalin, who killed about 20 to 40 million people of his own nation, Soviet Union, which is a combination of Russia and, and other countries that the Russian Empire owned, he said, it's a very famous statement actually, one death is a tragedy, one million is a statistic. That uh, That's the state of people's understanding of evil. So when I said 100 million, People don't fall down and go, oh my God. It's, it, it's, too, it's too grandiose to even imagine. And remember, for every one of the hundred million, think of the ripple effect on family and friends and community. So we're talking about a billion people of staggering suffering that, uh, that communism caused. And yet, when I grew up, 
anti-communism had a bad name. Yeah. Oh, he's, a, he's an anti-communist zealot. What's wrong with that? I hope you were an anti-Nazi zealot. <laughs> Why aren't you an anti-communist zealot? Say amen. amen. That's big stuff, isn't it? Yes. You know what we're dealing with right now? People are cowards. They're in denial. Anything's even going on. How many people have died from the vaccine? How many people are paralyzed? Do you realize that the flu shot they will be bringing out is designed to give your children polio? Do you understand they know it and they're doing it on dang purpose? Do you understand they're wicked, they're crooked, they're bad, they're evil? Now here's, let me, let me say something else to you. You, you will come to church, and if you don't hear an uplifting hallelujah, praise the name of Jesus, glory to God, thank you, Jesus, you're all good. You, you just, you're just a bad church service. Well, maybe this is not a bad church service. Maybe this is a good church service. Amen. When are we going to wake up? Now, you know how much crap I took, stuff I took from people? Not, not the world. I didn't hear anything from the world. Only church members when I kept the doors open. I didn't hear anything from the government. I didn't even hear anything from the heathen. But do you know how many people in, in this church stuck up for me? Not many. I could rot in hell and you'd go, well, you know, hell, Justin, he's got a new job. Folks, listen, some way along the line, some, some people in this church need to get a backbone. Do you know the difference between right and wrong? If something's wrong, say it's wrong. I was in the gym with a guy the other day, a friend of yours, said, well, I had to have the vaccine to play football. And I went, I hope. And he said, I, I said, no, don't, don't, no. And he got uncomfortable. I know he's uncomfortable. He's young. Are they, are they giving stats? No, they're not telling you the stats. They're hiding them. Did you know they're adding stuff to the vaccines now that weren't in the other ones and they're not telling? They don't have to tell you because enough people are just compliant. Guy asked me the other day, it was Dennis Prager. I walked up to him, got a picture with him, and I'll show it to you one day. I'm going to hang it in my office. He said, you get the vaccine? I said, hell, will freeze over. And he grabbed my hand and said, amen, brother. And by the way, he's Jewish and not born again yet. But he's dealing with the mess in this nation. Now, it says our best days are ahead, but our best days are not going to be like they were five years ago, and you might as well get over that. You get ready to get up on Sunday morning, get in here and worship God, and get on an altar and get all the sin out of your life and quit worrying about what everybody else is doing to make sure you're living right. Amen, amen, and amen. And if you hear a sermon on live right, you sit there and shout and holler amen because it's proof that you're not if you don't. Now, I'm not talking about condemnation preaching. I'm, I'm talking about parenting, pastoring, and par very similar. If your kids aren't in church and on fire for God, you need a good sermon on you. You need to get on your face and start praying because they sure need it. Yeah. Not they're all right. Well, my kids are all right. No, they're not. They're, they're, they're all backslidden heathens. Amen. Well, amen. Now, let's start praying. Yeah. Don't go into denial. That's a river someplace, isn't it? Never mind, it's not really, I'm joking. 
Number five, take charge of your children. Take, teach your children the Bible. Teach them to pray. I don't mean ask them, I mean teach them. Take the phone away. Let's go over this one. I'm out, I got three minutes. Well, if they take their phone, we won't know where they are. Well, listen, while they're rebellious, I can tell you where they are spiritually is a thousand times worse than where they are physically. And they're, if they're hiding from you now, they're already fixing to get pregnant outside of wedlock and everything else, honey. You might as well step in and take over your home and be a parent. Yes. Take your family, take your, your children back and make them mine. Teach them. Teach them right from wrong. Now, if they're grown and gone, you, you can talk, but you can minister, you can love on them, pray about how to deal with them. But once they hit adulthood, you have to look back and go, well, help me, Jesus. Amen? Yeah. And then we'll go from there. There's a lot of stuff we've messed up. We go, you know what? I'm not going to go negative on myself. I'm just going to, let's just start right now. Yeah. Heavenly Father, show me how to have a talk. Jordan, he may be watching me. Hello, Jordan, if you're watching me, I don't know. Lisa will get in there sometimes and go, bring him back to this house. And then about a month later, he comes driving his truck up and go, oh, I'm not feeling good. And I go, yeah, you better, you better start obeying God or your mama have you living back here. <laughs> I mean, her mama, he ain't listening to mama. God starts talking to mama about her baby and, and, he, and God gets in his truck. Amen. And he come home and go, yeah, there's times God just got in my truck. She goes, yes, I know. If, you, if they ain't listening, you pray about it. But we're going to have to take our children back. Your, their education is in your hands. Teach them right from wrong. Buy them books. Teach them to pray. Get them in church. Listen, quit making the government in school God. They wouldn't miss school for anything on the planet. But you'll keep them out of church. You're a bad parent. church one day a week and they wouldn't miss school. Are you out of your mind? I'm getting too rough now, aren't I? Oh, they wouldn't graduate. That might not be bad. We homeschooled the boys and I'm going to tell you something. Lisa and I, Lisa more, way more than me, did a fantastic job with these boys. And she got in there and she taught them. And we taught them right from wrong. We made them read the Bible. We made them pray in the Holy Ghost. And she looked at me and says, I won't go back to work until they're old enough. Now, we didn't own a boat. We didn't own a lot of stuff. But we had kids. Now, some people don't, you know, that I, I can't speak for you. Take your kids back. Rebellion against tyranny is Okay. There's a doctor, write this down, A-R-D-I-S. I watched him on YouTube the other day. He was talking about what's in the vaccines, what's been happening, what they're planning to do with the new polio vaccine. It's to give them polio, and it's not required, and don't let the doctor convince you of it. I went to the doctor the other day. I have to go for a checkup every six months, whether I want to or not. I have to do it. She said, you've been vaccinated? I said, no. She said, you need to get vaccinated. This is the atheist. I said, hell will freeze over. She went, whatever. <laughs> you want to hear about Jesus again? <laughs> uh, 
You don't even believe in God. You're going to tell me about a vaccine. You lost your mind. Never mind. I could go along. It. Are y'all getting what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to give you a, a sense of God honors courage. And you're going to have to be courageous to take a stand for what you believe. And quit worrying about the income. He's either God or he is not. What happened to the children of Israel? We're scared we're going to die. What happened to them? They died. What happened to, 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 to Joshua and Caleb? They didn't die. If, I mean, if God can't keep you, you can't. Number six. Pray, 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 pray. That's all I wrote down. Mary friends said, no prayer, no tracks, you're stuck. I mean, if you don't know, and I'm thinking about maybe on Wednesday night, we're just going to come in here, and I'm going to preach on prayer for 15 or 20 minutes and divide you up in groups and make you sit and pray in the Holy Ghost with people for a half an hour. Teach your kids how to sit down and pray. That's the best thing in the world, isn't it, Betty Mae? Is that not right, Betty Mae? Betty told me one time that she'd make um, Chloe and Caleb pray every morning, make all the way to school and all the way home. I'm going to tell you something. That's good training. Yeah. Our boys, when we get up in the morning, ha, da, 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 da. as a matter of fact, I've got to tell you something. I'm out of time, but I've got to tell you the story. Because I need you to leave laughing. I'm, I'm looking at you. Julie. <laughs> so we put the boys in Hampton to bow. Because they, Lisa wanted a break, and so it's a Christian school, sort of. Not charismatic, but anyway. So the teacher is reading through the Bible, and they're going book by book by book. So she gets to Acts 2, and she's not charismatic. And she's reading it, and Jordan, well, I think it's second grade. I think it's second grade. Might have been first. Second grade. And he says... I know all about that. And she says, you do, Jordan? He goes, yep. He just lights out in the middle of class, praying in tongues for five minutes out loud. And the teacher, she says, well, that's really nice, Jordan. He says, well, that's tongues. I, I just thought you, and he just preached tongues to the class. And he came home, and the teacher called Lisa and had a nice talk to her, and Lisa had a nice talk to the teacher. And she said, well, we don't do that here. And Lisa goes, well, we do. Amen. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> Maybe that's what Jesus meant when he said, be like a kid. Can I tell you another story? I'm just ready to tell you a story. I know you're out of time. John Hagee, not, no, Joel Osteen, John Osteen, got filled with the Holy Ghost and the charismatic renewal. He was a pastor in the Southern Baptist in Texas, Houston. And they called him on the carpet for it, all of the Southern Baptist. And they got him in a room, and they drilled him over tongues. This was back in, what, the 70s, maybe? This was back when everybody was talking about tongues as the devil, you know. And uh, there was uh, like about 10 or 12 men in there, and they, they, they made a circle and put John in a chair, and every man went around the room and told John why that was not right. And they got around to John, and they said, what do you have to say for yourself? And he just lifted his hands and started praying in tongues. 
And he said when he got finished, he looked up and everybody was mad as a hot cake. And they said, well, what did that prove? He said, I don't know, but it sure made me feel good. <laughs> At that point, there was no reason to argue. Right. Pray. Yep. Greatest thing you'll ever teach your children is how to pray. Amen. Dr. Cho is either Dr. Cho or, or, or one of them said, it is more important to learn to pray than to get a college education. It's huge, folks. And, and I think sometimes I make a mistake thinking that you get it because I'm preaching it. I had a youth group one time, and I made them sit and pray. Melanie, you remember that in my living room. We, I, I mean, I made them pray in tongues. And I had to get in their faces. I, I can't hear you. I can't. I don't hear anything coming out of your mouth. And I mean, after, what, three or four months, you could hear them down the street. <laughs> And they started having the gifts of the Spirit operating, tongues and interpreting, prophesying, laying hands on each other, people getting healed, and the teenagers were doing it. Because yeah. yeah. I taught them how to pray. Before that, they were just a bunch of teenagers. You remember that. That was a lot of fun. Father God, thank you for tonight. I... Um, I came in here and delivered a message I believe we all need to hear. I pray that everybody in this room has taken this to heart. I'm not just up here flapping my gums. There's a time that we're in a war. We're in a real spiritual battle right now. It's time for us to take serious that the enemy is doing everything in his power to take the church out and take us out individually. The things you gave me in the Word of God tonight are, 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 are very, very necessary. Not to be sneezed at or, or to be looked upon as Pastor Morgan's opinion. I didn't get any of this out of a book I wrote. I got it out of one you wrote. I pray that your church in America would begin to rise up now. I pray that we would continue to be strong and begin to, to love each other, but, and, but not love the world we're living in and not love our jobs and our money so much that we're not willing to take a stand for right. And we got to take a stand. We're going to have to take a stand. We know that if we obey you, and you told us this in, in John, in Matthew 7, we build on the rock. The storms will come. It won't take us out. We're not going out. You said in Isaiah 60, our best days are ahead. Our light will shine. The finances of the Gentiles is coming in. But there's a requirement on us, and we're going to have to take this very seriously, Father. It's time we're going to take it serious. And there may be people in the room right now that are not, and I'm asking you to begin dealing with them. As a matter of fact, don't even let them sleep until they do. You begin to deal with them strong until they do. And it's time for us to take your obeying you serious. We have to take up a cross, like Billy Graham said. We got a cross we've got to bear. And Father, we heard tonight from Hagee and Billy Graham and a Jew. And they all said the same thing. One of them was 1960, Father. That's, he thought it was bad then. Lord have mercy. But I think it's time for us to take what you're saying to heart. I think it's time for the church to get back where it needs to be. Not wait on the world, not wait on the government, not wait on the school system. But right now, us. And I think you'll take care of us. And I, and I ask you to bless this church and these people in this room and those watching online as we go home tonight and back to our families to begin taking care of our children and our grandchildren. 
and pray over them and teach them the Word of God and take this serious. The world's not having our kids. Help us with the school. Help us get started in Jesus' name. Pray with me for people. If it boils down to Lisa and three women, we're not doing it. You're not throwing it off on three women to do all the work while you don't do it. You're going to hook up. And we're talking about bringing kids in here. We're talking about, it's, it's a lot of work. And that's, Lisa's looking for people right now and praying about people right now. But, but it has to be people that go, I'm, I'm in this thing with you, let's go. Is there sacrifice? Sure there is. But your days of giving your kids to someone else to take care of are over. They're your responsibility, period. Amen? Now, anyway, I'm, I'm praying over Lisa right now. I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to give her the grace. She's agreed to do it, but she's looked at me and said, what the county's asking me, what they're asking, this is stressful, this is stressful. She's going to, back to school now to get some kind of a certificate, and, and so is um, um, Nikki just so we can have a daycare, just a daycare. And um, she told me, she says, I'm gonna need help. I'm gonna need help. I don't want you to do it if God didn't ask you to do it, but, if, but there's gotta be people out there that God's laid it on their heart. Amen? Y'all have a good night. God bless you. Thank you for coming to church. Amen.